Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to The Pinch Point. It's late October and the rut is almost here. You can almost smell it in the air. Paul, can you smell it? A little bit. A little bit of That asterisk. might be the doasterisk that I accidentally sprayed in my bag, but... That you know. is the worst, right? Oh, Spraying deer horrible, piss all over everything you own. Horrible. I didn't it's even a, mean to do it. Well, I just, you like, never mean to do it. But like, <laughs> does anybody mean to spray dough piss all over the inside of their backpack? No, not yeah, on their probably backpack. Not. No. How did you do it? How did I, you? So I had the from the photo shoot the other day. I had the can of the can in my yeah. bag, and I put it in my bag. And when I was did you not put, put the top on. No, I put so it was like half on, mm. and then so when I put my camera base in there, it like knocked it off and hit the spray thing. And it, whole cloud oh, came up oh it was dead. bad it smells <laughs> it smells it's not not the best uh, well on that note end of october baby it's getting to be my favorite time of year to hunt these next two weeks probably my favorite time of the year that last week of october is just freaking primo i love it but there's a bunch of people out there killing deer that didn't bother waiting for the end of october so a couple notable big bucks that we saw hitting the dirt as they say, the last few days or the last week, Terry Drury, 216. Was that what that thing scored? Yeah. Giant. Massive. Absolute giant deer, Terry Drury in uh, Missouri, I think is what they say. Uh, Owen Riegler with Midwest Whitetail. Is that how you say it? Is it Riegler? Riegler. I think yeah. that's right. Uh, killed the Loch Ness Monster. Is that what they called that deer? I that's what he called it. The actual Loch Ness Monster. He I killed the actual Loch Ness Monster, <laughs> just, scored 195. Uh, no, he killed a deer that they called the Loch Ness Monster. You know, personally, I've kind of gotten out of naming deer. I don't really name my deer anymore. I don't know. It's just not as interesting to me as it used to be. It's only great when you actually like shoot them and they're like, oh, what's up, Bob? You get to meet them. I had a deer named Bob. He disappeared, though. Bob I should have just killed him. Bob had no tail. Bob had no tail. Uh, Bomar killed his second 190 of the season. Tagged out in Iowa already. One wasn't good enough. <laughs> Needed to shoot another one. I bet he was like ultra disappointed that it wasn't a 200 because that guy is the person that lives to shout out numbers of how big the deer he shot was. Well, so what he did was is that he, I don't know if he used his best guess or he just fathomed it, but so that the most recent deer he shot broke off a bunch of points. And so he... Took it was a, a 190 if it was not broken up? It was, no, it was it was a well, it was possibly over 200 if it wasn't broken up. So he ah. claimed, so he says there's like, there's like 10 to 14 Dude, inches of antler he missing. He is a numbers guy. So. <laughs> Every deer he shoots is like, this is the most massive buck, or this is the biggest typical, or this is the biggest one that I've ever shot with this type of bow, or this type of hunt. Everything is like quantified. Yeah. The biggest one you know? with a spot under its chin. Yeah, so like <laughs> that, that's patch. like the thing to me that I, I hate the most about modern hunting. Like I've always said, if you're posting the score of your deer before it's cold, you are a douchebag, in my mind. It's like, dude, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Just you killed a giant deer. It's huge. It's big. Everybody's happy for you. Like you don't have to microanalyze exactly what it scores and like let the world know. Like that just drives me up a damn wall when people do that. And dude, he's he's the king of it. He's the king <laughs> of it. Like everything's got a number and a quantity attached to it. Hell of a deer hunter. I mean, two giant bucks. Good for him, dude. I think he gets another Iowa tag because he's a landowner. He gets a late. Well, he used a landowner tag on one of the deer, then his regular tag, I'm assuming, on the second deer, or vice versa. 
And then they have this late season that you can bow hunt again. So I think after the gun season's open, they have a quote unquote primitive weapon season. I think I don't live in Iowa, but I believe that's how it works. So you could potentially shoot a third buck during the late season with a bow. Wow. Um, and then I saw a bunch of photos floating around. Rogan killed a giant bull elk. Is that his second one this year? It might be the second one I think I saw him kill this year. I was thinking about this when I saw when I saw that, right? Hear me out. Do you think it's easier to travel across the country and kill a big bull elk or to travel across the country out of state and go kill a big whitetail? Do you have a guide for both? Um, let's just say, like... Well, not Rogan, because obviously he's hunting private ranch guided the whole deal, right? Let's just talk your average person. The average dude, me and Paul, we're going to pick up. We're going to head west. We're going to hunt public land, elk hunt for 10 days. Or we're going to pack up. We're going to head to Kansas. We're going to hunt public land whitetails for 10 days. Do you think we stand a better chance of killing a big whitetail or a big elk? I guess I'd have to, you have to know the density of the population, right? Oh my like, God, Brandon, no? you're overanalyzing it. I, I, I would say it's, I would say it's easier to kill a bigger white, a big white tail. You think so? I what about so. these guys? There's guys that go out West and kill multiple elk in a year. They spend a month, they go to multiple States, kill multiple big elk in a short window of time. It's a short season and there's guys doing it. I just feel like the act of killing a big elk is I hate to use the word easier because it certainly isn't freaking easy, but it is more. <laughs> I think there's so much. I don't know more, what I'm trying to say. There's so much more work that goes into killing a big elk prior to and after, in my opinion. Well, of course. I mean, physically, it's yeah. a more challenging thing. Yeah. But I feel like just by the very nature of elk hunting, where they are vocal and you can call them in in do all the things that you can do to kill an elk. I feel like to a certain degree, it's somewhat easier than a whitetail that you don't like, I think sometimes we underestimate the value of a vocal animal and knowing where the damn thing is at, you yeah. know, when it could be hundreds of yards away and you know where it's at and you can figure out what the wind is doing and you can call and it responds and you can, you know, tell by, you know, the types of responses you're getting and you can move around and jockey around and do all these things. People have always said it's kind of like turkey hunting, but giant turkeys, right? Elk hunting to a certain degree, Okay. you know? And when you think about turkey hunting, like here in Illinois, we get like a one week season to go turkey hunt and our success rate's fairly high. So obviously it's not overly difficult to go kill a turkey. So f physically it's not. I just feel like I see a lot of people that, you know, go on elk hunts that are successful a lot. And I, and I just wonder, I don't know the answer to the question. I feel like somewhere inside it's easier to kill that elk than it is to do that on a big white tail on public ground consistently out of state year in and year out. But I could be wrong. I don't know. It's something to think about, something to ponder while you're sitting in your tree stand eating trail mix and deer jerky this fall and not seeing any deer like I'm getting ready to go do. I think the uh, comment section of YouTube will have the answer. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, definitively, they're like the Wikipedia of answers for me. Just tell me, is it easier to kill an elk or a big deer? I'm talking like Pope and Young quality elk versus Pope and Young quality deer. Out of state, public land. Which one's easier? You tell me. Uh, other notable things to talk about. Uh, man, a lot of buzz about, about the Seek One buck. 
lot of buzz out there about that buck killed in suburban Columbus, Ohio on a very tiny piece of ground. So it'll be interesting to see. It was all legal from what I hear, all on the up and up, but there's a lot of questions out there. How tame was this deer? I mean, when you see guys walking down the bike trail, taking selfies and the deer standing 10 yards behind them feeding like they're not even there, you kind of you kind of got to scratch your head a little bit and say, hmm, I don't know. You know, which makes me think, brings me to the bigger point. What has hunting really come to? You know, what has it really come to? I mean, I applaud Lee for his dedication to his craft and wanting to kill these deer. But his hunting really come to, you know, if, if what he says is true, making 10 out-of-state trips to scout for and look for and find this deer and then finagle a way to try to find a piece of property that you can legally hunt due to city limit rules and distances from buildings and all the things like just to kill a big deer. Is that really what, what, what it's come to? Like the lengths that we will go to, to try to kill a big deer? But like, I mean, it's, it's I don't know. You, you go to, but in this case, I feel lengths. like you're not outsmarting the deer. Right. It's one thing if it's like I found this deer and now I have to try to find a way to outsmart him. He's just trying to outsmart the law and people to find somewhere that he can legally access and then throw down a bunch of bait and get the deer to come in there and shoot it. Like to me, eh, eh. I mean, again, nothing illegal about it. I just like I, I wonder, like the spirit of hunting as a whole, is that really what we've come to? I don't know. I'm still excited to watch the video when it comes out. I'm certainly going to watch it. Um, another thing to talk about. So there was a recent podcast that I haven't watched and or listened to the whole thing, but I saw some outtakes of it. My buddy Tommy told me, hey, you got to listen to this one. So it was uh, Jay Gregory on the Hunter podcast. Do you know Jay Gregory? Are you no. familiar with Jay Gregory? You no. don't know who he even is? No, doesn't Man. sound familiar. Crazy, you young, you young folks. I mean, Jay Gregory was an OG Jury Outdoors guy, like 90s Jury Outdoors. And then he started making his own videos. I'll never forget, he made a video. I think it was the first video that Jay made on his own. I don't remember if it was under the Wild Outdoors name or not. But I distinctly remember he killed like a mid-180s buck in Iowa, which at the time was like, I think, the biggest buck I'd ever seen anybody shoot on video. And it was a story about like he went in, he got permission on this piece of property from this, I think it was this old lady owned it, and she hadn't let anybody hunt there before. And he went in and slammed in just an absolute like giant. I think it was a little bit broken up, if I remember. Um, but I just remember like that hunt being solidified in my head. But then Jay had his own show for many years, The Wild Outdoors. Um to be honest with you, I'm not even sure what Jay's doing these days. Um, but I know that he, on this podcast, talked about um, nobody. I think what caught people's attention was like, nobody cares if you kill a 200-inch deer anymore, right? And it, and to a certain extent, like, if I kill a 200-inch deer, I hope somebody would care <laughs> other than me, right? But I think what he means is like, for certain people, they don't care anymore. Like when you, and, and he goes on to call to reference, you know, certain people. I don't think he names names per se, but he, he referenced them as deer farmers. You're just a deer farmer. If you own or have control of multiple hundreds, if not thousands of acres of ground in Iowa, you are just farming deer. And he's like, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to kill multiple 190 to 200 inch deer every year. And it's just become not as impressive as it used to be. You know, it's like, oh yeah, Bomar killed another 190. Like, like we've seen this, you know, before. You know, so what Jay was talking about was like as content creators, people having to keep upping the ante, 
right? Getting crazier and crazier with their videos and, and the things that they do. And that goes back to the conversation I talked about last week with how impressive Levi is with what he does because he's not a deer farmer and he's killing these big deer. Well, I, deer, think, that's, I think that's also where the push for hunting public land is, is taken off from. Yeah, right? for sure. But I mean, the problem is I think there's a massive disparity between the deer farmer, the person that controls a thousand or 3000 acres in Iowa and the public land guy, all those people that are in the middle that are hunting private ground that are kind of like demonized now, but you got an 80 acre farm that you hunt maybe with other people on it. Like it's not as glorious as you think. Like there's a huge difference between what Bomars and Lukoski's and Drury's are doing and what the average guy with a hundred acre farm can do. Yeah. Right. I mean, yep. so it's like, I feel like the demonization of the deer farming has trickled into all the rest of the guys that just have little farms and we're just trying to kill deer. And it's like, shit, I can't kill these things because they're just not here or whatever. So I don't know. I, I felt like it was an interesting segment that makes me want to go listen to that podcast. Probably listen to it next time I'm driving out to my lease. Um, so speaking of Levi, Paul, my man, you got a manimal shirt on today. I do. Tell us the story. So did you buy that shirt? I did not actually. Okay. Uh, so what had happened was um, on social media, Levi was on his own personal story and uh, asked asked his following. We were like, "Hey, you know, we're getting ready to record a episode of the Manimal Podcast. We want you guys to submit questions." And so I was just, and I've I've submitted you know questions to him before whenever he's doing stuff like that. And so I submitted one, not thinking anything of it because I'm sure he got thousands of them. But a couple days later, he sends me a, a DM on Instagram. He's like, hey, man, we used your question today on a, on a Manimal episode. You know, what's your shirt size? What's your address? I'm going to send you uh, send you a shirt. I was like, whoa, uh, okay, here. And so, so you I, got a Manimal shirt. I got a Manimal shirt. So You're I half don't, man, half animal. Half, yeah, did I'm you, a Manimal. Did you tell him to send an extra one for Justin's R? Yeah, what the hell? Uh, I did not. Yeah, if so. you did, he'd be like, oh, you know that guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I was kind of surprised. I was kind of like... All right, so this is how I know I'm still like kind of in the shadows a little bit. <laughs> the totally the shadows. Literally, you're in the shadows. <laughs> well, yes. So what was your question? So I asked him, I said, uh, it was something along the lines of, what, what has been your greatest sacrifices to gain all the success that you've had, you know, in tournament archery and, you know, the hunting industry, things like that? Because he's talked about it before and, and being away from home and, and, you know, missing certain things. So, I so was, maybe you're the reason he made that post the other day where he's like, I haven't been on social media in a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking care of my personal life and my family. And maybe you were like the guy that was like Catalyzed. made him realize there's bigger things in life than just hunting and shooting animals. Maybe. Huh. Like Never watching know. the pinch point. Well, that's cool. Like the- yeah, he should. He's, that's probably what he's going to be doing shortly after it comes out. I'm sure he doesn't miss an episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move into the real pinch point, the meat and potatoes, if you will, of the pinch point. So uh, we're going to start off at Fox Sports. Uh, Blue Jays have a player. The Blue Jays is a baseball team, Brandon, for, <laughs> in case you don't know. Uh, they have a player. His name is Eric Swanson. He defended a post that he made on social media hunting with his young son. He said, I am teaching him a very important life lesson. First of all, I'm not even sure who Eric Swanson is. There's a lot of people in the MLB. I don't know all of them. So, but I enjoy the fact that this dude's a hunter. He's out with his kids. He's posting it on socials and he doesn't give a shit if a bunch of morons rag on him on his social media account. That's what I love. Like, 
lot of these guys very unapologetic these days. I like mm-hmm. seeing that. You can't back down. You cannot back down to these people if they want to give you shit. So he's Toronto Blue Jays pitcher Eric Swanson defended going hunting with his young son after he posted a photo that showed the two in front of a handful of dead geese they shot on a hunting trip. A handful. I wonder how many is a handful, you think? I mean, it's really two two geese. For Paula, but it's more than most. Four, he posted the photo over the weekend four, and received some pushback in the comments section. You don't say. <laughs> People online making negative comments? Never. Never heard of such a thing. On X, formerly known as Twitter, Swanson responded to a blog Toronto post on the backlash and defended the picture. He said, I am an avid hunter slash fisherman and I always will be. For the people who are asking me why I have my son with me, I'm teaching him a very important life lesson. The beef, venison, poultry, fish, fruits, and vegetables all come from somewhere, not just the grocery store. You don't say. So, yeah, there we go. Good for you, Eric Swanson. Someone tag this dude. Tell him that shout out from the pinch point. We appreciate you. All right. Another positive. Uh, you know, I'm going to end today with this story. We're going to move on. We're going to pass the positive story. We're going to go to all the crazy stuff. We'll end on a high note today. That's always our goal. All right. Oh, dear. Exclamation point. Staggering discovery at a neighboring home after a house explosion. <laughs> this is an interesting one. So in Oneida, New York, a house exploded. Uh, I'm not 100% sure why. Probably a natural gas thing. That happened right in Woodstock. Yeah, it happened here not too long ago. I feel like the last few years I've heard about more house explosions than I've ever heard of before. Is this like a thing now? People's houses are just blowing up. And it seems like nobody's ever home. I feel like nobody ever gets hurt. Multiple houses just exploding. Nobody around. Let the conspiracy gears start turning. <laughs> Get me my tinfoil hat, boys. So this house exploded. Okay, so here, here is the story. A stolen car was driven by a 17-year-old, hit a home, uh, severed a natural gas line, and then the house exploded. Uh, so they were evacuating the neighborhood as this happened. They went uh, during the evacuation process... Officers found a six-point white-tailed deer being kept inside of a dog crate in oh. somebody's house. <laughs> There's oh. a video of it. It's this little year-and-a-half-old buck, and it's in a legit dog crate like somebody had it as a, as a pet. It, it was inside their house. The homeowner was illegally rehabilitating the animal and had refused to release it, choosing instead to keep it as a pet. So I think they confiscated the deer person. <laughs> It's just funny that they had it in a cage inside of their house. Like, is it, was it like one of those like little dog kennels? Like you see like almost like one of the travel size ones or no, was it like I mean, a, it's a uh, decent like XL, I would call it. Okay. Dog kennel. Yeah, I've got, I've got a big dog kennel and I bet I could fit a deer. Okay. I mean, yeah, but a, I mean, once the antlers start really growing, luckily this thing's got little, little antlers. It gets stuck in there. You'd never fit a big deer in there. But yeah, some, some person was like. Of all the damn things to happen, <laughs> someone drives a stolen car into my neighbor's house. I have to evacuate, and the cops find my deer locked up in my dog cage. That's, that's <laughs> how I get busted? Really? That's a bummer. Good for the deer, though. <clears throat> all right. So I've been trying to keep up on the story of the tree that got cut down from the Robin Hood movie, the Sycamore Gap tree, to try to find out who did it. It's a classic whodunit. They still don't know. Apparently, the 16-year-old they had in custody, they, they let go. They can't maybe prove that he did it. So there's this other fella, Walter Renwick, 
who has been accused of felling the tree, but he says he didn't do it. He's a lumberjack, this fella. (laughs) 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 And so they just automatically assumed the lumberjack cut the tree down, which rational connect the dots there. But old, um, old Walter says he didn't do it. His quote says, if I'd have done a murder, I'd be getting less hassle. People are like, so they accused him, but then they had to let him go. So he hasn't been arrested, but they think he did it. He's getting like threats from people, the people in the community, giving him dirty looks. He's kind of being ostracized because they feel like he's the guy that cut the tree down. But he's like, dude, I didn't cut the tree down. So we still don't know who cut the Robin Hood tree down. Kevin Costner needs to get on this shit. Dexter needs to get on it. You think so? Dexter could figure it out. But if there was like blood. Um, what? I was just saying the last episode where it was like a, he became a lumberjack. I didn't watch the last season. Oh, whoops. I spoiler. Whoops. That was the, like the, the recent one? No, no. Like the previous iteration of it. Oh, yeah. The, the season, the, the original series yeah. finale. Yeah. I never got that far, dude. Yeah. I only got like right around the time when his sister figured out that he was doing this and she like walked in on him. I think it was right around the time that I stopped watching. The yeah. first season was still the best, dude. Yeah. First good. scene of Dexter with Dokes. Dude, great, great season. Anyways, let's move on. I found a, a humorous article that came across my newsfeed. Uh, tips on keeping your car damage-free during the deer mating season. <laughs> uh, what could you possibly tell somebody other than like, be aware and don't hit a deer? Is there any other tip that you can give to people to keep your car damage-free during the deer mating season? Don't ask Frankie. <laughs> Dude, Frankie has been slamming some deer. Not recently but this this year uh, every day from now until the peak of breeding deer activity will be ramping up deer vehicle collisions that are associated with the whitetail breeding season actually happen before the peak of breeding because the peak of breeding is when the bucks and does are together uh said this fellow from the pennsylvania uh, pennsylvania game commission communications department it's a lot of words we got so many words to talk uh well, how to prevent deer collisions you ready boys <clears throat> slow down Especially if you see an animal close to the road. Seems pretty straightforward. Stay alert. Get off your phone, maybe. Everyone's on their phones. Scan the road for animals any time of day or night. Pay attention to deer crossing signs and other animal signs. Because that's where the deer cross, where the signs are at. Uh, Reduce your distractions. Put your cell phone away. You should be doing that all the time. Uh, Break as necessary. (laughs) No shit. Don't speed up. If you see a deer, hit the brakes and try not to hit it. Like this this is the greatest list of like obvious things. I've discovered I have a very promising career in list making. (laughs) Journalism (laughs) at its finest. Use your high beams. Flicking your high beams on wildlife may cause the animal to scurry away. Scurry right into your bumper maybe. Yeah, all it's going to do is blind it even more. Like the deer in headlights saying is a saying because the deer are literally blinded by your lights. They cannot see anything because their eyes are so sensitive to light. That's how they can see in the dark. That's why they reflect the way they do. So using the high beams literally just blinds them even more and just increases your risk of actually hitting them. Uh, Be aware of peak season. Okay. Uh, Watch for animals on the road. Didn't we already cover this one? Yeah, we have pay attention, stay alert, and watch for animals. All is three separate 
things to do to avoid deer animal collisions. Watch for herds. If you see one deer, there are probably more nearby. That's that probably a good only, one because usually yeah. it's the doe running across the road and people are like, oh, look, a deer. And then they turn back and the buck's chasing her. And then whammo, they hit my buck. My hit lister gets killed. Don't kill my hit listers, please. So those are hot tips for avoiding deer collisions this rut, just in case anybody needed them. Now we're going to move into um, people doing dumb things with crossbows. Reoccurring segment. Brought to you by, we need a sponsor for this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to People Doing Dumb Shit with Crossbows. Brought to you by the Pinch Point. All right, so first we have suspect at large after a beloved mini horse named Penny was found slain by a crossbow bolt. Oh. So some asshole shot somebody's miniature horse and killed it with an arrow from a crossbow. Hmm. This was in Lone Rock, Wisconsin. A beloved mini horse named Penny was found slain. The 21-year-old miniature horse was allegedly shot and killed with a crossbow bolt. Um, so he found the arrow lodged in the mini horse's chest. It just kind of stopped me in my tracks. I was distraught more for what it meant about some person's bad decision and a darkness that somebody had to do such a thing. No shit, right? Why would mm. you shoot somebody's horse in a, in a pen? Not like it was out roaming around. It was in a fenced-in area. And somebody shot it and killed it. A mini horse. They got to be like some of the cutest animals in the world. A miniature horse. Like there's pictures of like the guy's, uh, the owner, like his grandkids riding this little horse around and leading it around. It's like a pony. It's got kind of shaggy hair. Like why would you shoot it? There's no need for that. Just the peacock that we talked about earlier in Vegas, like. I got no problems with somebody killing a loud ass annoying stupid peacock <laughs> in their neighborhood. You shouldn't have that thing anyways. But a mini horse. I just keep thinking of Come Parks on. and Recreation and Lil Sebastian. Did you watch show? <laughs> I didn't really watch Parks and Rec. They had a mini horse as like the town mascot almost. And Did somebody kill it with a crossbow? I can't remember. Probably not with a crossbow. But. All right. Moving on to more uh, dumb shit with a crossbow. DNA found from an arrow links a suspect accused in a crossbow attack that wounded a woman walking in a Hawaii beach parking lot. So this comes from uh, lawandcrime.com. That's a, that's a good domain. Police linked DNA from an arrow shaft to a suspect accused of firing a crossbow and wounding a woman who was walking to her car in a beach parking lot in Hawaii last month. Uh, Jimmy Palafox Ventura, 32, was charged with assault in the second degree following the incident on September 6th in the parking lot area of Hapuna Beach State Recreation Area. Uh, the officers responded to the lot at 7.30 that night and met with the victim, who was 31. She told police she had been shot just after sunset when she began walking back to her vehicle at the northern end of the main parking lot. As she approached her vehicle, she heard what sounded like a gunshot. Then she realized she had suffered a large cut and was bleeding from her left bicep. She immediately left the area, called for medical and police help. Uh, length and type of area, arrow, was determined to be consistent with arrows designed for use with a crossbow. They quickly identified Ventura as a person of interest. I'm not sure how, but they linked him through DNA from an arrow that was lodged in the victim's vehicle. So apparently there was more than one shot? No, I think it like skim when, it skimmed her type thing, so? and it hit her car. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, they sent analysis to the Honolulu Police Department. Uh, they executed a search warrant on Wednesday at his residence. 
and his 2023 Toyota Tacoma pickup truck. Uh, they uncovered two arrows in his bedroom and a crossbow, six arrows, arrow tips, and fletching from his truck. Bail was set at $2,000. He was out of custody on supervised release with orders to stay away from the victim. They didn't really say, uh, here we go, a motive and if or how the suspect and victim know each other is unclear. You got to assume he knew her, right? This is such a random thing. I, Waiting. There are just crazy people out there that, <laughs> I mean, I, it's, odds uh, are they probably knew each other somehow, but I wouldn't be shocked if they were like, yeah, he just was a crazy man and decided to go try and shoot somebody. It had to be like an ex-girlfriend or something, yeah. ex-wife. I don't. Yeah, you're, it's, that's probably oh, what it is. But. Fucking people. All right. VT, what state is that? Vermont? Vermont. It's got to be Vermont. Vermont poacher's car crossbow seized from a 2020 deer jacking case. Deer jacking. <laughs> what did he do? That's illegal. <laughs> Red better, rocket. Better watch out, boys. Montpellier, Vermont. A Johnson man has been ordered to forfeit his car and crossbow and pay $2,800 in fines stemming from a 2020 deer jacking case. <laughs> what is deer jacking, right? Red rocket. Is it like car jacking? Stealing, stealing it from somebody no, else's no, uh, so dog kennel. So it's yeah. So it's actually none of those things, boys. Um, so a Lamoille, maybe am I saying that right? The Moyle. <laughs> it was the Moyle County judge on Monday ordered that Shane Phillips, forty-three, my age, this fella, he's my age. He had to forfeit his twenty eleven Buick Regal. Damn, dude, Darn that it. thing was probably mint. <laughs> Buick Regal. It's probably like green with like a beige interior, I imagine. Uh, and his Bear Saga crossbow that was used while deer jacking. <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. According to the Vermont Fish and Wildlife Department, the order comes after Phillips was sentenced in August following a multi-year court case. Multi-year took to finally get to the bottom of this thing. Uh, so game wardens witnessed Phillips use an artificial light to illuminate two, and I quote, deer facsimiles and shoot at one with a crossbow during the closed hours of October 2020. He then fled when confronted. Um, so basically, this was a sting where they put out a fake deer. Oh, it was the robo deer. The oh, robo okay. deer. Got it. So apparently that's called deer jacking. Got it. I would think deer jacking would be like if he ran out to the thing and tried to steal it and put it in his car. <laughs> oh, it sounds like, like jack It seems like attempted it. poaching. Yeah. Jack lighting or something. Jack lighting? That's jack a lighting. thing? So what the fake, hell is that? It's a fake deer that the DNR puts out to... Like, they yeah. put it out on the side of the road, you know, and yep. they wait in the bushes for these idiots like this guy in his Buick to show up with a flashlight and try to shoot the deer. But is it illegal they think to shoot real. a fake deer? <laughs> Chan chances are he probably shot from the vehicle, which is illegal to shoot from a vehicle and illegal well, to shoot from illegal a to deer jack. That too. I'm just curious, like, how are they going to get? Well, I shot at a deer that I thought was well, fake. He, I thought it was a target, so I decided to take a shot. Like, he, that's that's what I would say. Like, how are you going to prove that I that I'm wrong? Unless he did something like shooting out of the vehicle, or you're not allowed to shoot at the side of the road. You know, Brandon, they've been doing this for years. I don't mm -hmm. know. They're they got the law on their side. I'm sure, they do. I'm sure they it do. It happened. They do this all the time. So when I was a kid, we would go to the Wisconsin Deer and Turkey Expo every year. And the DNR has this big display. They would call it the Wall of Shame. And it was all these mounted, like, poached deer. But then what they would have, they'd have TVs that were playing videos of guys pulling up, getting out of their truck, laying over the hood, <coughs> shooting these robo deer way out in the field. 
that they thought was a real deer and then they'd reload and they'd shoot and they'd shoot. And then eventually they'd be like, "Uh oh, it's a robo deer. And they'd get in their truck and try to go away and the cops would get them. So this is like a common tactic. Yeah. I would love to do this. Is it illegal for me to do it? To put a robo deer out and just videotape people <laughs> like trying to kill it? I, I don't is think that illegal? A, I think we should make a segment of that. Because that would sure. be awesome I, to do. I think the DNR would be very interested to see your uh, footage that you <laughs> that you got from that. It would be like to catch a predator. It would be like that guy. <laughs> to catch a poacher. would be catching poachers. To catch, to catch a poacher. poacher. <laughs> My favorite part of that about that whole thing was um, Northwood's Law on Animal Planet would, would do it. Yeah, and they would do yeah, that yeah. Thing. But one of the charges that they would bring up against the person or they would think, but they would send them a bill to repair their dummy that they shot. That's so awesome. when they shot, they would be like, yep, and here's the bill for damaging our, our property. I like that part of it. Makes <laughs> sense to me. Did you ever see the episode of Northwood's Law where they busted that kid and he was wearing a bow hunter dye hat? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> he like didn't check his deer in properly or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. And they like got his face blurred out, but you could clearly see he's wearing a bow under dye hat. I was like, oh, he's a fan. Sweet. Those <laughs> <laughs> are like five minutes of fame. And it's funny because it's like they always run reruns of that show. Yeah. So I feel like once a year I get somebody that like texts me like, dude, I just saw, I was watching the show and this kid was wearing your hat. I'm like, dude, that was like, five years ago, but every year I keep getting the texts. It's the gift that keeps on giving people. <laughs> um, so you guys may remember another story about a crossbow killer a couple weeks ago that we did in Pennsylvania where the guy shot his buddy from the other room in the neck and killed him. The guy oh, was like yeah. talking to a woman at the time in the room and all of a sudden, whoosh, arrow comes in, oh. hits him in the neck and kills him. So that fella, uh, he's from uh, a Northumberland I'm saying that right. Northumberland County man has been sentenced in Bedford County to spend 15 months to five years behind bars for fatally shooting another man with a crossbow in 2021. Alec Rhodes, 26, formerly of Mount Carmel, was sentenced last week after pleading no contest to one count of involuntary manslaughter in the case. So there you go. He's going to get up to five years in jail for killing for his role in the death of 53-year-old Darren... Lingenfelter of Claysburg. According to the police, a woman inside the home said she was standing next to Lingenfelter in the bedroom when an arrow struck him in the throat, causing him to fall onto a bed where he died. So he got, what did he get? Involuntary manslaughter? Yeah. Which basically means, I looked this up, like what, what does that mean? He didn't mean didn't mean to do it, but he still killed him. Like yeah, he was at he fault. He didn't mean to kill him, but yeah. he was at fault. What are you, a lawyer, Paul? Are you studying? Are you going to take the bar here? How do you know this? Convict. Uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got charged one time, but they dropped the case, dude. I threatened all the witnesses and nobody testified. No, uh, I, I just read an article once about, you know. I uh, wanted to know. So yeah. yeah. Involuntary manslaughter is generally defined by three elements. Somebody was killed as a result of your actions. Makes sense. Your actions were either inherently dangerous to others or done with reckless regard for human life. And you knew or should have known that your contact was your conduct was a threat to the lives of others. So essentially, you should have known what you're doing was dangerous, and you shouldn't have done it. You did it. You didn't mean to kill anybody, but you did. Basically, the yep. gist of it. Yep. So uh, he must have been dicking around with the crossbow in the other room, and shot it, and maybe didn't realize it was going to go through a wall or something. I don't know. And it hit this guy and killed him. So play dumb, play dumb games, win dumb prizes. 
That's what they say. And the poor guy got killed because of it. Like, that's a pain in the butt. We have a lot of crossbow stuff this week. Like, more than usual. We always have a lot. But this week, oh, my goodness. Well, now we have a bicyclist. Bicyclist shot with crossbow in Joplin, which I'm assuming is maybe Missouri. Uh, Todd, take note. Officers responded to a report of a man injured early Saturday morning near uh, these couple streets, and they found a 21-year-old man lying on the ground with an arrow in his leg. Jack Woollever told police he was riding his bicycle um, when a man he did not know stepped out from behind a vehicle and shot him with a crossbow. This is I just crazy, crazy like, people. He was sick of these bicyclists always like taking up the road. Get off the road! And he shot him with a bow. Um, he was taken to the hospital for treatment. He was unable to provide a useful description of his assailant. So we don't know who did it. We have a random dude that shot a guy in a bike with a crossbow. So beware. The world's full of crazy places. Other crazy stuff. Possible skeletal remains found near Highway 64 in Oklahoma. This is in Pawnee County. Pawnee County Sheriff's Office said it and partner agencies found possible skeletal remains in a wilderness area southeast of these couple areas. Unconfirmed human remains were found late in the morning by a hunter on private undeveloped property, an estimated half mile from a dead end road. The hunter was confirmed to know the property owner who lives out of state. Owner was audibly shocked on the phone when talking to the police. Uh, anything's possible, especially in areas that a human hasn't been in, you know, in 15 or 20 years. Uh, so that some wooded area, they found human remains. Guy hunting found it. I always, like, wondered about that, like, walking around, like, when you're just going to find, like, random human remains. <sighs> Seems like it happens a couple times a year, right? Yeah. I know Shed Hunter's a guy here recently in the last couple of years found the remains of uh, a guy that went missing that killed himself in a forest preserve. Didn't Because the didn't they find his car initially? And they, they were looking find, for him for a yeah. long time and couldn't find him. And then a guy that was shed hunting found, found, found him, his yeah. body. Yeah. You know, so this certainly is not the first story of this. But, yeah, that's kind of crazy. It's going to screw up your deer hunting for a while. Got all these cops in there and forensic people <laughs> and everything. You're like, ah, I just wanted to go hunt that stand. It's the end of October. Could you guys just wait? So, anyways, if you find some remains, call the popo. Uh, let's get an update, guys, on the Metro Parks hunt over in Ohio. You know how many deer have been killed in the Metro Parks since they started? When did they start? Uh, in the first two weeks, how many deer did they kill by, by hunters, you think, in two weeks? Two weeks. Uh, 187. Whoa. Jeez. Ooh. With bows? Damn. That's a lot of arrows and broadheads. How many? How many? Two, two weeks. weeks. No. How, many, what, how, how big is the park? It doesn't matter. Who cares? Okay. How many did they kill? 50. Probably a couple hundred acres. 50. You're close, Brando. 64 deer were killed in two weeks by hunters. 94 in total. 30 sharpshooters. So 30 deer got sharp shot. Sharpshooted. Sharp shot. Sharp shot. And 64 got killed by hunters so far. So it's still in court. I love that it's like still in the court whether they can do this as they're, as they're doing, doing it. it. <laughs> they're waiting. Uh, so yeah. So the number of deer killed by hunters from October 1 to October 7 was 26. And then the following week, they killed 38 for a total of 64 deer out of the Metro Parks. And then they've sharp shot an additional 30. So good for them. They're just slaying, slaying them in there. That's what I like to hear. All right. What else we got next, boys? Oh, another fun one. Uh, 
man charged for allegedly poaching a five-foot alligator in East Texas. Uh, Two men who are believed to have assisted with the kill have not yet been found. The fun thing about this is that they did it, and then how do you think they got caught? Social media. Social media. They just can't help themselves. We just can't help it. When Like, everybody, if you're doing illegal things, don't post it online. How hard is that? This is like seems like a fairly simple concept. This is like as simple as watch out for deer when you're driving. Don't post crimes on social media if you don't want to get caught. Jeez. After receiving an anonymous call about an alligator poaching, officials responded to the area. Texas Game Wardens investigated and said the shooter jumped into the river to retrieve the alligator after shooting it. The Game Wardens said two other people assisted with the alligator poaching. The trio took pictures and posted a video on social media. Hey, man, look at us. We killed this gator. That's what I imagine they sounded like. Mm, (laughs) Probably really accurate, to be honest with you. Uh, The two other people left the scene with the alligator while the shooter remained behind. Uh, so yeah, they got, they got the guy. They did not find his accomplices or the gator. They're still searching for the individuals. Uh, yeah. So this guy got charged with hunting without a license, hunting alligators during the closed season, uh, cases and civil restitution are pending at this time. Why do people got to poach stuff? Why can't you just do, just buy a license and hunt during the season? Is it that hard? Is it so much to ask of people? Really? They, they, they don't want to give the government their money. You think that's what it is? I, like, I, feel I like, hate I, the government. I, you can't I, tell me what to do. I feel like sometimes it's, it's that reasoning. Speaking of poaching, let's just continue with poaching before we get to our, our happy topic to end. Uh, the poaching of six Missouri poaching of six Missouri deer results in four juveniles facing charges. Nine-month investigation started after the deer were shot from a roadway with the use of an artificial light. Osage County, Missouri. Authorities have submitted charges against four juveniles in connection to a deer poaching investigation. Uh, Agent Katie Stoner began the investigation last October after the bodies of six deer were found shot and dumped in the Bonnets Mill area. They posted on their Facebook page, uh, the, the Department of Conservation posted on its Facebook page, no parts of the deer were attempted to be harvested for food. So somebody basically just went out, shot six deer, and then decided to dump them all together in a big pile on conservation ground. Thrill so, killing. Yeah. Charges include shooting deer with the aid of an artificial light, shooting deer during a closed season, wanton waste, and shooting deer from a public roadway. So a bunch of kids out for joyrides just blasting does and just... For no reason. You know, I did a lot of dumb stuff when I was like in high school in a minor. Probably still did a lot of dumb stuff in my younger days, but I never was like, let's just go shoot a pile of deer with guns at night from the car with a flashlight. Like that, even for me, sounded like a bad idea. <laughs> and I was full of bad ideas, trust me. <laughs> it just means you were, ra- <laughs> you, you were raised half decent there, Zach. Uh, I'm not sure I'd go that far, Paul. But, I mean, I just, I just don't – maybe it just wasn't my thing. So, man, I got stuff going all over the place. So, yep, the four juveniles are being charged with a bunch of stuff. So, anyways, let's end on a happy note, shall we, boys? Mm-hmm. We talked about the Montana man who was attacked by a grizzly bear mm-hmm. while he was helping some folks track a deer. Uh, he has returned home 
from his weeks-long hospital stay after a bear bit off his lower jaw. A Montana man who survived a horrific bear attack and endured arduous surgeries to repair his jaw shared that he wanted others to keep on fighting as he prepares to head home after five weeks in the hospital. Even if there seems to be no hope, keep on fighting. Rudy, uh, Rudy Norlander said in a message read by one of the daughters. I don't think he can talk. Uh, Norlander, 61, a Navy veteran, was helping a group of hunters track a deer in the Big Sky, Montana, uh, on September 8th when a grizzly bear attacked him, bit off his lower jaw. Following emergency surgery in Bozeman, he was flown to the University of Utah Hospital in Salt Lake City, where over the past five weeks he has undergone multiple surgeries, including a complete jaw reconstruction, which is frickin' badass. Um, people who are there with him said it's really bad. We knew uh, he'd fight no matter what. We just didn't know how much of a fight it was going to be. He lost a large portion of his lower jaw and his larynx was fractured in the bear attack, making him largely unable to speak. Though following surgeries to stabilize his neck and reconstruct his jaw, he's expected to fully recover. Uh, he was adamant that he was going to fight this thing and get through it. For someone to be so enthusiastic about his prognosis and outcome that early is very heartwarming as a physician. Looks like a good dude, man. He's at the press conference. He, he obviously can't talk, so he's writing statements. He's giving thumbs up. Like, dude, good for him. I mean, when you don't know that you're going to live and a grizzly bear just bit your damn jaw off, like life's not looking so good. But he seems to be in good spirits and healthy as can be expected and is headed home. So heck yeah. Good for that dude. So I think that's it for this week, boys. I had a couple other topics that we could have talked about, but we got other stuff to do today. looks like we got some EHD out there. Virginia, okay. Iowa's got a little bit happening. I've heard of some reports in Illinois, but not too bad. Anything else that I'm missing boys, anything exciting that you know of that we didn't address? I do have a question for everybody. So I saw the, another uh, like CWD article about something the other day. And this kind of ties into the Jay Gregory Hunter podcast thing. Jay Doug Gregory is a CWD denier. Just doesn't believe that it's like a thing. <clears throat> for some reason, every time there's an article about CWD, it's the same photo that I see. It's been used for decades of like the emaciated buck, like kind of up against a barn. Yeah, thing. Yep. You know, why don't we have more photos of deer dying from CWD? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's like the same photo all the time. I mean, if it's such a thing, you'd think you'd, there'd sure. be another photo somewhere of a deer with CWD dying, wasting away hmm. in someone's yard or out in a field somewhere. But it's like, there are none. You look for like CWD deer images. It's literally the same photo over and over and over. Maybe it is a conspiracy. No idea. I let's, think see, let's see if Brando can find CWD right is the COVID of the deer world. I got a couple. I got a couple in here. They're the same like three then that you've been like for <laughs> decades. There's the emaciated one. There's one by a fence. There's that, that's the barn one. <clears throat> this one, yeah. Let's see. I'm going to do a quick Goog search. Dude, a lot of these aren't even like CWD deer. Some of them are just ratty ass looking springtime deer shedding their coats deer. They're not even yeah. sick. They just yeah. look like shit. It's well, March. so I mean, because so what's so what's the <clears throat> what's the telltale sign looking at a deer that it has CWD? 
Well, what you're looking for is like that emaciated deer that can't stand up, can't walk, it's bedded down, its hips are sunk in, you can see its ribs. Like that's what you're, that's traditionally what you're looking for. Right. So, but based off of all that, it's a educated guess at that point. The only way to yeah, really you confirm don't know it is, unless the deer yeah. gets tested. Right. But again, if there was so many of them dying, it was such a thing, you think these pictures would be prevalent. Yeah. You'd see more of them. Yeah. But the argument there is that like a lot of diseases in humans, you get this disease and that disease isn't what kills you. So I'll give you an example, Parkinson's in, in humans. You generally don't die from Parkinson's disease. You die from some other thing that kills you as a complication of your Parkinson's disease. Similar CWD, right? Your mental state is deteriorating. And before you get to that state where you're completely emaciated and like can't move and are in the, the throes of death, Something else kills you, a predator, because you lose your fear of predators, mm -hmm. a hunter, because you're just an idiot and you're walking around and somebody kills you, um, get hit by a car, something like that. And, and that happens before they get to that emaciated look. So that's that's the, the theory or the yeah. reason. It's like they're not the CWD. They get killed by something else as a result of having CWD. They never reach that final stage of just like, uh, and then they die. Yeah, that's. Mm -hmm. I imagine that's how I'm going to look and sound when I die. Just, uh. I think we have a cover image. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All right, that's all I got. I'm going hunting this afternoon. Wish me luck. Pray for me, boys. Best of Good luck. luck. I need to kill Break a, deer. a deer's leg, but no. <laughs> Break a deer's leg. Hey, dude. If it can't get away and I got to get down to shoot it again, you know, Brando, at this point, Duggars can't be choosers. Paul spined one the other day and oh, I had to shoot it again. I knew that so, was coming. Yeah. I knew that was coming. <laughs> All right. Seriously. On that note, enjoy your weekend, everybody. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time right here on The Pinch Point.